The power of the universe is at your full disposal. This is the PowerShell Podcast. PowerShell Podcast. So simple, yet so complex. It's all about PowerShell and the PowerShell community. The power of our future. Without further ado, please help me in welcoming Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. Everybody, welcome to the PowerShell Podcast. It's uh, Jordan Andrew, and we have a special guest, Jess Pomfret. You're here to talk about all the things database and I assume I'm going to learn everything I need to know. Yep, we can cover that in uh, 30 minutes or so. Yeah, no problem. All right, sound, sounds fantastic. So I have watched a few of your speeches. You do talk a lot. Uh, not not talk a lot, but you you, uh, <laughs> you you give a lot of speeches and uh, demonstrations in PowerShell. It's, uh, yep. Boy, 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 did I go aggressive there. You didn't realize <laughs> that's it, all right. I do talk a lot. You, you can throw that out there. <laughs> you say and, great things, though. I think that's what he's also good <laughs> yeah. Okay. As long and, as it's good talk, right? And every every time, like your your intro is fantastic. Your intro to PowerShell, you do things like uh, create a slideshow, which both Andrew and I have been fanning out about the whole time. And you have a awesome a Pac-Man thing where you use a module we hadn't hadn't heard of. But every every time you go into a DBA, we're we're, we're kind of lost. And and uh, so you have a, a whole module you built and a book about it coming out soon, right? About DBA tools and a bunch of lo- month of lunches. I got it. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, one of the major contributors for that project. It was uh, created by Chrissy Lemaire. Uh, and I think it was the first commit on GitHub was like 2015. So since then, there's been a ton more added. And I think we're at like 650 commands for different things you can do DBA related with PowerShell. So That's so for, awesome. Yeah, for, for me, when it comes to any sort of DBA, like uh, everything I do is or would do is SQL. But if it comes up where I have to talk about in a webcast, I just would send it to the other guy. But he retired last week, so I guess I got ah. I got to learn now. Yep, SQL Server is all yours now. Yeah. Apparently, I, I'm I'm already a master. I uh, I wrote a SQL command once, and it was successful. Perfect. Yeah. So this one, uh, so did you start off as a DBA, then you just got into PowerShell after, or you're a PowerShell person that? No, yeah, I started as a DBA, and I kind of started accidentally as a DBA. I uh, my first job uh, in 2011, I think now. Uh, I got a job as a DBA in a in a company in Ohio, America, and uh, just started learning how to be a DBA kind of on the job. Uh, found a few things that we could do with PowerShell instead of clicking manually through every server, uh, and then found DBA tools, which helps make all that easier as well. Uh, how mature so, yeah. was DBA tools when you found it? Uh, so I think I first got involved in 2017 with DBA tools. Uh, so it was a couple of years in. Uh, Chrissy first committed in 2015, and the 1.0 was in 2019. So there was like a whole kind of four years of it kind of growing and and us trying to get everything consistent. Because one of the things we wanted to do before that 1.0 release was to make sure it was as kind of enterprise ready as we could get it. Like all of the help was in there. All of the commands had kind of similar naming conventions, and the parameters were named in a similar way, so you could kind of easily use it. Um, so it did take a long time to get to 1.0, even though probably in 2017 when I started, it was already a pretty good uh, module. That's kind of uh, the, the main focus of, of this podcast is we all, like talk up the community and how great it is. And this yes. is kind of the ideal when you found something that you thought was awesome and you dove right in and now you're you're synonymous with DBA tools at this point. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. And I've learned so much from being involved in that project. Like that was my first uh contributions to anything open source like making a pull request getting git installed on my laptop and doing git things i had no idea what i was doing and i said to chrissy like oh i found this thing i want to contribute to dba tools and she kind of held my hand through the whole setup like getting git installed doing my first kind of fork and clone and pull request all that stuff so i mean i knew how to do it from the powershell side the the actual writing the code was the easy point at that point at that point but getting it into the project and learning all about open source. I had no idea until I got involved in that. And at that point, I didn't speak or contribute anything to the community. So that was really my kind of first steps into the whole SQL and PowerShell community. So it's it's been awesome since then. The, the number of people that contribute code and time and even documentation, like that stuff takes forever and no one wants to write it. But there are some people out there who've written amazing documentation for DBA tools. So Yeah, I think that... um. DBA tools is really an example where there's a lot of people who've poured a lot of effort to make 
a next level module. I mean, I feel like calling it a module is a bit of an understatement, like because it really is so developed. Yeah, it is it's so huge. fantastic. Yeah, it's own yeah. Product at this point. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, I, I'm jealous of of uh, the, the confidence just to go in and contribute code. I, I do. I, I talk about it with people that do it because I don't believe in myself at all. So I'm always excited to or interested to hear about people that, oh, I want to contribute to this because I can't get past crippling self-doubt at any point. Oh, I feel like I switch backwards and forwards for this. And I saw something on uh, a friend posted something on Instagram last week that was like a metronome, you know, in music, it like ticks backwards and forwards. And on one side, it was like, oh, my boss should promote me because I'm so awesome. And on the other side, it was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And like, you just have to find that when you're ticked to one side, right, then you're like, okay, I can contribute something. I can do something good. And then it will kind of help to carry you through when it flicks to the other side. And you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, I think of it. I knew what I wanted to contribute and I was already writing like the PowerShell for myself to use it. It was just kind of going that extra step and making sure that it wasn't going to blow up someone else's environment, you know, but the DBA tools module has all these pester tests included. So like if I contribute something, I need to also either write the pester tests or get someone to help me write the pester tests, which uh, there are plenty of people who just write pester tests for DBA tools. But that kind of gives you a bit more confidence, right? Because if I change something and I add some functionality and I push it, if those tests pass, I'm pretty confident that I didn't break something that worked for someone else, which is kind of nice because otherwise you could, we could all just be breaking each other's code every time we commit something, right? Yeah, it creates a nice safety net to where you can try things without having the burden of like taking down a bunch yeah. of environments. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And I think the community too, like all the people I've met from DBA tools, Chrissy and Rob and Claudio, who are the other three authors on the the book that's coming out soon and, and everyone else who's a contributor that they're all so friendly and so willing to help. So it's like, you can pop into the Slack channel. There's a, uh, SQL, uh, community Slack channel. You can pop in there and there are people talking DBA tools, like all hours of the day. If you have a problem or you, or you need to learn, uh, find out how to use something. You can pop in there and they're all so supportive. It makes it easier to want to be a part of that, you know? Yeah. And you mentioned when you first started contributing that you kind of had some support and some handholding. Um, and I can kind of relate to that. And I, I didn't use DBA tools with me, but you know, Fred, he's contributed mm-hmm. a bunch of DBA tools. Yes, and he yeah. kind of, he did my handholding for me where I contributed to a project for him. And he, you know, let me know that I wasn't going to break his whole project and the same kind of thing that you're yeah. mentioning. It's, it's really cool to see mm-hmm. the runoff effects of DBA tools. Yeah. And I think the PowerShell community as a whole, like there's been other modules I've used or other PowerShell I've written where I'm like, oh, I, I don't know what this is. Right. But you can reach out to to people and there's someone who knows that specific thing better than you. Uh, and they always seem to be willing to help. So that's cool. something worth uh, uh, pointing out is before you start writing something on your own, check for a module. Because there's a lot oh, of yeah. modules. I've done a lot of presentations where someone's done it better and all I had to do is install dash module. Yeah. Right. And then you can use whatever it is and potentially contribute the like next piece you need. Right. That's a couple of the commands I started off writing for DBA tools. They just worked for my very specific use case and someone else has come along and made them better. So now I get to use the better version of the code I started. Right. Which is, that's cool. But you're right. There are so many commands out there uh, and so many cool modules for different PowerShell stuff. Definitely worth checking what's already out there. Yeah, it's a it's a process I have to change because my first thought is, oh, I can do this, and I'll just dive right in. And really, it should be step two is I can do this. It's has someone already done it, and then yeah. I can do this. Yeah, I ran into that with uh, I, I did PowerShell where I was writing. It, it actually was the first time I used real DBA uh, queries in PowerShell, and I was pulling data out of a database and putting it into a time series database. Okay, cool which I, I didn't know what I was doing. I had to bring in some outside help on that one, but there was a module out there for, for writing to a time series database that saved so much time. Yeah. I, I, I should probably, I, I don't have the name in front of me, so I'll put it in the link to it in, in our yeah, show cool. notes once we publish it. I'd be interested in that. That sounds like a cool project. So uh, on top of, I mean, okay, author and all this other stuff, you also have your own website where you blog about Looks like there's a whole PowerShell section in there, but SQL as well. Yeah, I I kind of fit in the kind of crossover between SQL Server, database administration, and PowerShell. So there is some stuff out there that's just 
DBA topics and there's some stuff out there that's just PowerShell topics and then there's some kind of crossover. Uh, there's quite a lot on there about DBA tools and DBA checks too, which is, uh, it's, it's worth mentioning, it's a PowerShell module that kind of combines DBA tools and Pesta. So DBA checks is a way of doing infrastructure validation using Pesta tests. So you still get that kind of pass fail, but it's like, is my server set to high performance mode or balanced, you know, rather than is my code doing what I think it is. So that's a pretty cool module too. And there's a few blog posts about that. What was that one called? DBA checks? DBA checks. Yeah. Yeah. It's under the awesome. same uh, organization as DBA tools. Uh, it's kind of like a sister module for that. And if anyone wants to read your stuff, it's uh, justpomfret.com. That's correct. Yep. Yeah, we were uh, highlighting one of your blogs and it was uh, searching for stored procedures and to I guess it highlights how little I know because my first thought was, what's a stored procedure? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, a stored procedure is just kind of an uh, encapsulation of code that you can put on your server, right? And it, it would be like a function in PowerShell. You, you're you going to want to use that code over and over again, perhaps passing in different parameters. So you kind of build that as a block and then you just call the stored procedure instead of having to rewrite that code every time. But yeah, DBA, DBA tools, I think I use for that one to find... Uh, code within it, right? Within the store procedures. Uh, with DBA tools, what do you find kind of people first start using when they discover it? Is it just like a specific issue they're trying to solve and they discover a blog that points to DBA tools? Or is there like some kind of common tasks you find like maybe 60% of beginners do? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think probably it's quite often I need to do something and I need to do it at scale. and And then people kind of know what PowerShell is enough where they start trying to go down that path of how am I going to use PowerShell with my SQL Server situation, whatever it might be. Um, I know Rob Sewell talks a lot about how he got into PowerShell and it was to check uh, SQL agent jobs on all of his instances. So you can set up these jobs that will run on a schedule similar to like a Windows schedule task um, specific for your SQL Server. And it's quite often for like a morning checks type task to come in and make sure everything ran okay overnight. And he used to do that manually when he first started. So he would connect to his instance, go to the jobs, see what failed and like do that over and over again. Um, so I think that's kind of what happens is someone's like, oh, I'm really fed up of logging on to 20 servers or 100 servers every morning. Like, is there a way I can do this faster and better? Uh, and DBA tools is, I kind of joke that it's like a, like a gateway drug for PowerShell because the DBA comes along and they're like, I want to know if my jobs are failing. And then they find DBA tools, which has a command for get DBA agent job or job history, whatever. Uh, and then they start using it and they know enough about SQL Server to know kind of what parameters they need to put in and the results they get back. And then they're like, oh, that's cool. And then they start getting into kind of more, more scripting and like using it and writing a script around that module. And before you know it, they're like, oh, I wonder if I can do Active Directory things or Windows Server kind of things. And then they've kind of got into PowerShell. You know, that's how we get them. <laughs> it's a good hook. Yeah, exactly. I, I think uh, I'm always curious on how people get into PowerShell because it, it's never uh, always looking to learn a new language. It was there was something that was bothering me all the time. And I found this tool that let me automate it. Yeah, exactly. Is, there's nothing I think better. It, I thought a lot of us are kind of lazy, right? Like I don't want to do the same thing over and over again. And I'm immediately going to be like, oh, is there an easier way to do this? Like, I don't want to copy this result set, put it in Excel, format it and email it every day. Like maybe there's a module that can get get data from SQL Server, put it into a spreadsheet, email it. Like I, I, I think we're just, it, it probably depends on the person, but personally I'm drawn to trying to make things easier for myself, you know? So PowerShell is a perfect kind of tool for that. Uh, it's kind of funny. yesterday I was at a junior high for a career day. They were wondering, like they had a whole bunch of different fields and they wanted me to talk uh, technology. And my main takeaway is I have no work ethic. So I'm in IT because if you are intelligently lazy, you still shine. Yeah. And yeah. That, that got a lot of, a lot of uh, sixth to eighth graders excited that you could be lazy and still be successful. Yeah. You just have to call it efficient, right? And then everyone's in. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, intelligent laziness. You have to put in the work at first. Oh, hit my mic. Put in the work at first, and then once you have that done, your job will just do itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I'm not sure if uh, the teachers appreciated. <laughs> They're all in the corner, so like. <laughs> yeah. Was this an in-person event? Yep. No, oh, cool. I think I've forgotten how to do those, but. 
Yeah, I, it wasn't planned. It was uh, like the day before. I mean, hey, you're going to go do this. It wasn't really put as a question. So there it was. I, yeah. That's a good way to get over the kind of fear. Like I presented in person for maybe two or three years before 2020 and everything else that's happened since. And I think the next time I do an in-person presentation, it's going to be like I've never done it before, right? Because when you present online, you can have your notes on the other screen and and you can kind of refer back to it. And I'm in my house with everything I need, right? Whereas if you go into an event, like I've got to remember all my dongles and my clicker and whatever else. Yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting experience for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Summit this year in about a month is, is live this time. Are you going to be able to attend this one or is it? No, I'm not. So I'm based in the UK now. I, uh, so it's a bit of a trek, but um, no, I hope to make it one time. I'm going to be at uh, PSCom for you in the summer uh, in Austria, but not not Summit this year, I'm afraid. I mean, I mean that is a, a long trek, and especially with all of the restrictions, lockdowns, especially traveling international. Right. Yeah. Are you going to be at Summit? Uh, yeah, I think Andrew is giving a talk on that one. And I'm going there. We're going to try to shoot a podcast with someone who, who is presenting uh, oh, every day while we're down oh. there. Nice. What's the topic, Andrew? Um, many hands make light work. How to empower your coworkers to develop and maintain PowerShell tools. Something like awesome. that. Cool. Sounds good. Should be fun. It's an acquired skill, honestly. It's that whole efficient thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's uh, funny. At, uh, where, where we work... PowerShell is a big part of it. They're big advocates for PowerShell, but we have a whole bunch of very talented PowerShell people and no one that really put it into a, a community. Like we all just, mm-hmm. we just wrote PowerShell. And then Andrew came in and he started a whole, like a, a guild of PowerShell and he starts, those who want to learn, he's teaching them. It's, 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 uh, awesome. he, he turned a bunch of PowerShell people into a community within our own office. It was pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Cause a lazy thing, right? I don't want to be the one. To, if I write the tools, that's super awesome. Yeah. But if I write a bunch of tools, I have to support a bunch of tools. And I just don't want to commit my time to like a bunch of stuff like that. So I'd rather have a team of people to like distribute mm-hmm. the work because yeah. I don't always have time to like build a huge module. But if I can build three commands, give some other guy three commands, the other person mm-hmm. three commands, like I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if one person had tried to write all of the commands for DBA tools. Like we'd never have any of anywhere near that module, right? So. Yeah, no. spread it, spreading it out makes a lot of sense. You're right. So you know, I'm making a summit, but uh, just a couple of weeks ago, you're at uh, SQL. What was the net, what was the SQL summit? SQL bits. Yeah, I actually ended up. I was presenting remotely at SQL bits. I was hoping to be there in person, and I managed to get COVID two weeks before it, and was not able to travel. So, uh, yeah, I presented remotely there. I did a uh, actually that was my first kind of whole day training day. Uh, I did it with Rob, and we talked. DBA tools, DBA checks, PowerShell all day with with a bunch of data folks. So that was super cool. Well, it's, so you were about to to break your streak of uh, only remote hosting. I was, yeah, I know. I was so close. I was like testing every day, hoping I was going to be negative and clear in time in time to go. And it ended up being I didn't want to be the person that took COVID to a conference, you know. So yeah, the the new patient zero. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was it was actually really cool because they did it uh, in a hybrid way where they'd already planned for a, a mix of in-person and remote speakers and in-person and remote attendees. Uh, so Rob was in the room in person with some in-person attendees and I was kind of beamed in to the uh, onto the screen so that we could still interact with each other and interact with both the people in the room and the people that were watching online. So it was a really cool way of kind of making it more accessible, I think, for people that couldn't travel to London or didn't want to take a whole week to go to a conference they could sign up for one day of training which was which was cool and i also did a a 20 minute intro to powershell session there uh it's it's becoming one of my favorite sessions to give because i I think we talked about this earlier the uh the slides are all in the powershell console so nothing there's no powerpoint there's nothing except powershell demos uh and in that 20 minutes we kind of go from i don't know what powershell is like what is it? It's a scripting language. It's uh, a shell. It's potentially a configuration framework to how do I check all of my backups are successful across my whole SQL Server estate. Uh, and we can kind of build up because because of the way you can extend PowerShell with community modules. You can go from I know almost nothing to get command, get help, import module, again, find the command you need and then and then run it, you know, and it's 
it seems like a lot of stuff to put into 20 minutes, but you can give people just enough that they'll go and use that and look for more, right? Yeah, they can see the potential, get a little bit of serotonin, see the problems it can solve and the power. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. Yeah. I guess we should mention if you want to use DBA tools, just install dash module DBA tools, although you're probably going to be well served by going and reading the docs as well. Yeah, so it's it's hosted on, or the code is all on GitHub. It's all open source. Uh, we can put the links, share the links in the in the show notes and stuff. Uh, but it, the module is hosted on the PowerShell gallery. So yeah, find dash module DBA tools will tell you about the latest uh, version that's out there, and then install dash module DBA tools will pull it down to your local machine. Yeah, uh, and there's a really great doc site actually. I'll share the link with you. But um, if you do get dash help for a command name and the online parameter it'll open up the docs which have been created from the kind of in-command help. Uh, so it's a really nice way of reading about the commands on your kind of web browser while you're also running them in your console. I so appreciate when modules include the help URI so you can use Dash Online like that. Yes, it's so too. nice to browse documentation in an actual website where you can navigate on the left-hand side and all that kind of thing. And control F to find things, yep, love it. Awesome. Yeah, the, the docs are really well done. It makes a big difference. There's there's at least, I think it's two. I think there has to be at least two examples for every command, and that's a pester test built into DBA tools. So if you contribute a, a function and it doesn't have that help and at least two examples, it will fail the pester test. Uh, and I think that's really valuable because one of the ways I've learned best is by doing. So if I can go out and see what the examples are, like what what it was built for, basically, like what use cases we're using it for, and then copy paste and, and change some things uh, for my environment. It's, I feel like that's really valuable. Definitely. It's interesting. Everyone really appreciates it when there's high quality documentation, but very few people want to write it. I'm one of them. I'm not, oh, yeah. I'm not judging. Oh, right there with you. Yeah. Documentation is like the last thing I do for a project. And I'm, every time I'm like, why did I leave this till the last thing? You know, if I wrote it as we went, we'd it will be fine, but it's all just notes and scratching on, on bits of paper, you know? I'm, right. I'm, the, uh, I'm the old joke. I'll have 2,000 lines of code and one comment. Yeah, and it's a to-do, isn't it? Like, write about this. Actually, yeah, when, add uh, a description here. Yeah. When, when I was applying to work here, I had to write some PowerShell, and they showed me their, their notes on my submission after I'd been working there for a while. And uh, my favorite was, uh, well, first of all, it's, it's the ugliest PowerShell I've ever seen, but it looks like good work was good. But the other one was, there's only a single comment and it's not even in the right spot. So but you obviously wrote good PowerShell because you got in, right? So I, I was, I was very self-taught and I never looked for the community like mm -hmm. I should have. So yeah. I could make PowerShell work the way I wanted it to, but I couldn't follow a single best practice. I'm, I'm, I'm glad they saw through that. And then they brought me in and taught me. Yeah. I think part I, of it is the potential, right? Yeah. I mean, so many of us are self-taught at PowerShell and even DBA stuff. Like, like I said, my first job, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and I'm not actually sure how I even got that job. But anyway, as you go along and there's all this great community content, all these blogs and things, and you start kind of seeing how other people write code. I mean, you kind of create your own style almost, right? You take all these different things like this logging framework and this way of writing help and smush it together into your kind of own style. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think, I mean, obviously there's best practices and there's a, there's a way of writing code where it looks good, right? But everyone's got a little different, a little different style. So, I think their their view on my comment was, it's like he knows there's supposed to be comments, but he didn't know what to do with it. <laughs> yeah, at least you knew how to do a comment, like you could put that code in. There we go. I'm these days a bit of a fan of like not adding comments too much. Like, cause usually PowerShell can kind of self-document. Like if you just read mm -hmm. the commands, add, add it if it's like confusing, but I tend to prefer just using the verbose nature of PowerShell to kind of explain what it does, which I guess only works if the people reading your code are like somewhat familiar with PowerShell, um, which may not always be the case, but. Yeah, you're right with the different levels with verbose and then even the debug level, right? You can add in extra things that, that people can turn yeah. on and off. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, I definitely, rather than comments, if there is something I need to add, I'll use verbose or debug or, mm. yeah, not. Andrew mentioned that you're looking to get active with your YouTube channel as well. Yeah, so I, we were talking about a, uh, a potential project of having kind of short PowerShell videos. So like 
I, I don't know if this is way too much than I can handle, but I would love to do like a hundred days of PowerShell of just really short videos uh, of like, this is get help, this is get command, and then maybe do some like kind of chapters within those hundred days. So like 10 days of DBA tools and 10 days of DBA checks and 10 days of pester as just a way of kind of making short videos that I, I love all the content out there that's like an hour long session, but sometimes I'm like, ah, oh, and I have this problem with movies too. Like I don't want to commit to watching a whole hour, but I will commit to watching 61 minute videos, you know? So I, I just feel like that kind of short content, that attention, it just grabs your attention enough where you, you can then go look for more if you wanted to. Right. But, and YouTube just came up with uh, shorts specifically yeah, exactly, right, to help yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly sure whether I'll use those or whether these videos would be slightly too long for that. I'm not, to begin with, the shorts were only one minute, and I think that would feel rushed, but I'm not sure. I think they might have extended it, so I will take a look at those. Yeah, one concept that I've heard recently was like that everyone's attention is really valuable, and uh, I, I tend to agree. Like, I love the deep dive conference talks, but yeah. when you're mentioning like your intro to PowerShell talk and what works so well about it is you show people the hook, you show them the potential, and they are interested, yeah. and they can look up the help and, and figure out all the examples and copy-paste, all that. You don't have to fully explain that. But with one minute, you can show quickly the value. And if yeah. they want to just copy the exact command you ran, perfect. It's a great starting point. They can run help, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I just feel like it's such a great starting off point. And the built-in tools to like discover more in PowerShell are good yes. enough that you can yeah. totally just give people, give them the easy wins. Because there's so many to be had if you're a beginner in PowerShell yep. or haven't like totally. fully adopted a lot of these tools and practices. Yeah, I think that's one of the things I really love about PowerShell is you're in the console and you can say get dash command and look for things you might want. And then the help, get dash help, I can easily find what I need and find how I use it without even leaving that kind of context, you know? Yeah, I, I love that about PowerShell. I like that with the uh, PS read line now, like the get help is you can now press F1 with the command in there. Yeah, that was yeah. that was amazing. Yeah, the <laughs> The uh, enhancements for that module are super cool. I love the uh, kind of AI that predicts what you might want to type. That's that's super cool. It's pretty it's pretty excited to to play that new one. Uh, I'm I'm glad to say I'm not alone. I started doing YouTube videos on PowerShell, and I started with Git help and Git Git command myself, just because okay. those are the two those are the two cornerstones. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. If you know those, you can pretty much do anything in PowerShell, right? Because you know how to how to go find what you need. Definitely. It empowers you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And uh, reminder, run update help if you haven't yet. Mm. Yep. Good shout. Because you might be confused otherwise. <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah true. Don't worry if it's your first time running it. It's going to take a while to complete. It's got a lot of stuff to pull down, but it'll go quicker in the future. Yeah, a lot of good stuff, though. Yep. It's well worth it for sure. Especially the about topics. Help about star. There are about topics which cover like a concept, like functions, for example. Help about functions covers what a function is, some hidden features of it that you won't really know. Um, there's a lot of really good stuff in the docs, like little cheat codes practically, like, hey, if you add this character, certain things happen. Uh, that's not a real one, but like if you read it, there's certain variables and things like that that are super useful that, that really unlock a lot that are only in the docs. Yeah, I actually uh, was talking to a friend of mine at a previous job, and he showed me uh, pipeline variables, and I had never used them. And I was reading uh, an about document after the fact and, and reading about them, and I was like, man, there's probably so much in there in those about docs that I don't know and could make my coding so much better, right? Uh, but the pipeline variables allow you to name the variable as you're passing it along, right? So you can do a for each, and instead of having to use uh, PS item or dollar underscore, you can name it something useful. So like if I get a bunch of databases and I push it through a for each loop, if I use the pipeline variable and call it DB, I can then refer to them like each item as it comes off the for each loop as uh, as DB, which is super cool. And now I feel like I use it everywhere, which I don't even know what I was doing before. So that's, I'm, I've never heard of that. I did not know you could name variables in the pipeline. Yeah, it's cool. I guess we know I, what we'll be uh, reading after this. Yeah, and it's uh, alias to just PV, so you can just really quickly add that in. Yeah, that's cool. I, th I think with the, the help documentation, if you're looking at the about things, it's the underscore, and then what you're looking for is how they named it, unless I'm... About underscore. About underscore, yeah. Name. For, I guess for, for those that want to start researching on, on their own. 
Yeah. I don't know if she wrote all of them, but I know that June Blender spent a lot of time writing the initial docs and did a really great job to kind of help us have a really great foundation of documentation that's definitely been built on since then. But I remember back whenever I got into PowerShell, I watched a bunch of June Blender's content. At the time, she worked at Sapien and she did some talks about, uh, I think it was documentation-driven development. So writing your help before you write everything else. Um, shout out to June Blender. Yeah, agreed. And I think there's some, uh, I think there's some pester tests within the DBA tools modules that makes that either she wrote or she makes use of her uh, like descriptions on help, so that we can make sure everything has descriptions, examples, all that stuff. Yeah. Super awesome. Cool. I, I I watched pester the first time at the first time that I went to, uh, way way back when I can't remember was it 2018? And Andrew, though, we met there. Yeah, 2018. And I remember leaving that thing so excited for Pester, and then I've never used it. And no? It seems like a failing on my part. And Unless maybe I'm super confident. Maybe all my code's perfect in my mind. It's possible. Part I, of uh, Pester is to remind you to do the right thing. Yeah. True. It, I love that module. It's, I, I use it for a lot of things. I mentioned DBA checks where you can you can pretty much test anything, right, that you can, that you can write in PowerShell. If you say, does this equal that, you can test anything. Uh, but yeah, I love writing pester tests for sure. It's a super great module. It is really cool. And uh, you mentioned it can be used for anything like infrastructure testing, which is like mm -hmm. testing, like you said, make sure servers are set up a certain way they can communicate, whatever. Yeah. Um, I've used it in the past. We had like some issues with desktops or something like that, where there was like certain configurations or whatever. There was some kind of ticket. So I created a pester test of like all the things that we look for for a certain type of thing. And so without ever anyone ever having to ask me, I added it to a chatbot, blah, 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 so that automatically people can run tests on machines. So there's no questions. You know exactly. We check the settings that would ever have an issue, that kind That's of thing. It, cool. It's really awesome. So you can, someone will write into the chatbot, say, I have a problem, and it will run the tests against their machine? Is that? Yes. Wow. If they're connected to the network and stuff like that yeah. at the time, yeah. This is not my current place. This is a previous job, but. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. There's always something said about, leaving your current place with all the things that you did is, is gone. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I hope, I hope in Andrew's case, he's happy that, that he made, made the jump, but it sounds like you left a lot of work behind. I did, but the whole thing is I also am, I taught my coworkers cause I didn't want to ever build anything. You can't, they would just die with me. Cause like that would be wasted work and I'm a little lazy and I know that I don't still work at the company, so I don't get paid for it. But like, I don't like the thought of my modules dying and stuff like that. So in my previous job, I made sure everybody, there was the guy who replaced me was competent in PowerShell and could write modules. And then there was the other guy on the help desk who also knew some PowerShell. So, and from what I've heard from my old boss, we're still buddies, uh, things are going well. So my tools Good. are still living. <laughs> I, I think part of it is too, like you want to leave somewhere better than when you got there, right? So if you join a job, you write some stuff that helps what you're doing, but what other people on your team are doing. Even if you move on, you've still kind of helped to make it better, right? I think yeah. PowerShell code and functions is something you can easily contribute to to that kind of setup. Definitely. So I actually got a inside view of when my automation started to fall because um, me and my wife worked at the same place. And then after I left, she was still there. Mm. And uh, I remember there, there's a, a whole bunch of stress going on and the automation I did for user onboarding had broken because HR changed their system without talking to IT. Oh. So, so all my automation for that part broke, and it was it was a sad day for me. It was it was two years after I left. I was like, oh, I think that's that's the last of it. I don't know if any of my exchange stuff still exists. But wow, like have a little moment for the code that you lost. <laughs> well, I'm sure if I went back and read it now, I would be just disgusted with myself. Oh, I, I think that's like a. I like to look at that, but that is because we're continuing to grow and learn, right? But I feel like even code from a couple of weeks ago, I'll open it and I'll be like, what was past Jess doing? <laughs> like, what, what is this, you know? And for sure, if you go back and look at any of my first scripts, they are, whew, they're rough for sure. I'm a firm believer that anything you can write in one line, I can write in seven. That's because it's well documented, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, maybe that's the next thing I got to work on is is documentation. I, I'll I'll get better documentation and then uh, I'll I'll try uh, submitting or contributing to someone else's hard work. I keep on saying I'm going to do it, but I never do. I don't. Just got to bite that bullet and do it. Yeah, find a, find a module where you can contribute. And, and I think 
and I go back to DBA tools again, just because I've worked a lot on that module, but it was really cool to see people who didn't necessarily know how to write PowerShell, but they knew a, like they could contribute docs and fix spelling mistakes and make examples more clearer because they realized that when they went to use it, it didn't make, uh, it didn't make enough sense for them to use it. So they expanded on them and stuff. So like, Although there's a bunch of people that wrote code for DBA tools or wrote pester tests for DBA tools, there's also a bunch of people who've just wrote documentation and helped to make that stuff better. So, I mean, if even if you don't feel great about the PowerShell code you want to contribute, I'm sure there is plenty of other pieces of that project, you know. Well, if ever there's a module, it's just like, do you have serious self-doubt and it always returns true? <laughs> I, I would I would, I would, there, but if not, you can write it. <laughs> There we go. That'll be my first uh, first module. See if we can't get that put into the gallery. Perfect. I, I love updating the, the quick little docs. Like if I see something wrong, once you kind of get into the habit of like, okay, I can try and make changes to things and, you know, the owner of the module or whatever can approve it or disapprove it. It's all good. They're not going to insult me. Hasn't mm -hmm. happened yet. But um, it just feels nice. Like if you see something wrong to like quickly, I'm not going to stop what I'm doing. Like I'm still kind of going through my workflow reading, but if mm -hmm. I see something wrong, I can fix it forever. It doesn't yep. take much. And now the document the documents are just better. Yeah. It's kind of that open source, like collaboration that comes together. Right. I mean, in any, any word document or any email, especially like I do my best proofreading after it's sent, like it looks totally fine. Right. So I'll publish that to the gallery or I'll publish that to GitHub. It, it's fine because I'm reading what I think I wrote, but yeah, you come over along with a fresh set of eyes. You can definitely enhance it and make it better. That's cool. And Jess, you're a bit more on the ownership side of things. You're like, you're very involved in PSDBA tools. And what is it like when you see someone new trying to contribute, adding some documentation? Would you say it's a pretty positive, like you're stoked about it? Or how do you feel about that? Oh, yeah, uh, totally. One of the things that we love about DBA tools is the number of contributors we have. Um, I, I think it's highlighted on the... Uh, on the GitHub or at least on the website, like how many people have contributed to uh, the module. And so when someone new comes along and they've got uh, either code or documentation or even just submitting issues, right? Submitting bugs or feature requests or whatever, like it's so cool to see a new person uh, come and kind of join the team basically. Um, but yeah, and, and even in the Slack channel, I mentioned the SQL community Slack channel, there's hundreds of people in there and people will pop in brand new with questions like, hey, I just found DBA tools. Or I just saw this presentation and I'm trying to do this. Uh, and it's super cool to kind of welcome in it, welcome them in and, and help them learn and use it. Yeah. And to bring it back to you, you mentioned um, like the kind of serotonin, like getting a lot of wins. It seems like you've had a lot of wins and a lot of happiness and some great successes that have kind of come through DBA tools. And it kind of makes sense why if someone has that positive experience, they'd be kind of excited to see somebody getting any form of that. Like even if it's a lesser degree, but it's still, you know, you know that that's going to have a positive impact. And as humans, I feel like we kind of like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. And, and when I first contributed to the module, I said that Chrissy kind of helped me get my code in there right and it was so nice to talk to someone else who was passionate about dba topics and powershell and this kind of uh meeting of those two paths and then to be able to uh contribute code and see other people using it is super cool um to the point where i started blogging about it i started trying to speak at user groups and and conferences and stuff and it kind of changed my career because i was just a dba at a small company writing stuff that i was going to use and I met so many people in the community that the last two uh, like actual jobs I've had have been because I know people in the community and they've had opportunities that I've talked to them about and, and taken them up on, on job offers, you know? So it's, I mean, I'm not saying that you get involved in DBA tools and you should change your job in two years, but the people you meet can really change kind of the whole trajectory of your career and your life. It's, it's, it's a pretty powerful community. And it's not just DBA tools, right? It's the whole PowerShell community as a whole. There are so many people out there that either write their own modules or just talk about things at conferences and share knowledge. And, and you meet these people and you kind of create a friend group. And, and those discussions and those opportunities that come up, if people know the amount of work you put in for community modules and, and giving back to the community, they kind of see what you're about without even having to interview you, right? Without even asking the kind of interview questions, you know that they know what they're doing and they're willing to have that kind of attitude, right? To, to learn and, and grow. 
Yeah. We like the community enough. We started a podcast to talk about it once a week. So yeah, that's we're, perfect. We're pretty big fans. Yeah, definitely yeah. had a big impact on us. Yeah, it's cool. I'm kind of fascinated by the idea of this one just because I've always been peripheral. Like I sit on the outside and I watch, but I don't join in. So now I'm in here and I, and I, because I followed so many people, I, I know so much about them and it's probably creepy for them, but uh, it comes, it comes from an honest place. I feel the same. Like I, it, it, people like Chrissy and the other contributors of DBA tools, right? I knew them online and then you see them in person and you're like, oh, I know that person, right? Like I've never met them in person before, but now I, I feel like I know them because I follow them on Twitter and you follow their blog posts. <laughs> it's the same for PowerShell folks and DBA folks. Like they probably don't know who I am or didn't know who I was a few years ago. I'm like, oh, I know who that is. It's like, it's cool. And but now, feel, now you're the one that gets pointed out. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. But maybe. I do, I do feel though that all of those people, like, and, and myself included now, it, it's so cool to be out there and be able to share that knowledge that it's not like, it's not creepy, right? Like my goal is for you to find my blog posts and to learn something from it and get excited about PowerShell or SQL Server. So if you, if you see me at a conference and you're like, oh, I know who that is, that's like a win, right? Well. Absolutely. I wonder, I, I'm sure Andrew is well on his way to being that guy. Everybody loves Andrew. Not everybody. The entire planet. 100% of them. You're the first. <laughs> not my kids last night at bedtime. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not really. Yeah. I Thanks for that compliment, Jordan. Um, I don't know if that's true. I do know that I, similar to you, Jess, like I know that I've gotten a lot of joy out of this whole PowerShell thing. And my journey is my life has been heavily impacted in a mm -hmm. great positive way. And uh, why would I not want to get joy from spreading that and helping people and you know, yeah. uh, this community has been so kind that I feel comfortable being myself. So like, uh, I'm, you know, you combine all those things and it's just a, a good situation. And I'm so appreciative for this community to be, uh, as awesome as it is. Cause it's really positive. It's like, it's very, if you make mistakes, you can go for it. It's just a positive system. If you share your knowledge, if you blog about it, it's just really seems like a moving forward, positive type situation. Mm -hmm. And we're all in it together, right? We're all trying to get better. We're all trying to learn. We're all trying to contribute. Like it is very much a community slash team kind of feel. Yeah. yeah. And we all struggle on very similar things and in ways yeah. that don't always make sense because the human brain's like kind of a weird thing. <laughs> not as simple as PowerShell, believe it or not. But, <laughs> yeah, totally. This is, a, this is a question I ask, I try to ask all of our guests, and that's uh, every time I've written something in PowerShell, my mind goes to, okay, I've done it. Anyone can do that. Do you go through that too? Or are you, do you write something that's like, yeah, this is awesome? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it is, anyone could write it, right? I think part of it is the kind of creativity and the, the thing, the exact case that you have probably people have very similar cases and, and have very similar problems uh to solve but i think the creativity and the way that each of our brain works kind of differently probably no one's going to write the exact same thing that you just wrote i suppose yeah. that's, that's uh that's one of the biggest hurdles for me to talk about any of this stuff is i write something that's like well okay that's done anyone could do that and i, I move on so one of the people that got me into speaking, uh, a guy named Alan White in uh, in Ohio, he is a big DBA and a massive PowerShell uh, guy from from like before DBA tools, writing PowerShell just for SQL Server stuff. And he he was an MVP and he would stand in front of our user group every time and he would say, everybody here has something to teach everyone. Like he was an MVP and he knew that there were people in the crowd that would teach him stuff. And so he encouraged people, no matter what your level of experience was, to to blog, to write about stuff, to speak, do lightning talks if you don't feel like doing a an hour if that's too much. Like even though he's been in the field for twenty plus years, probably thirty plus years, is an MVP, is an expert, we can all still teach him something because he doesn't know everything. And I think that that kind of hit home for me because I was like, all right, I'll I'll try and write a talk and not be kind of intimidated because my user group had him and several other MVPs in it. And I was like, there's nothing I know that they don't know, you know? But they, some of them were not PowerShell people. They were just DBAs. So if I come along and I talk about DBA tools and how they can do things with that, they're experts, but not in that specific thing, right? So I think it's important, like, we can all teach each other things. Uh, and, and even if it's the same topic, your take on it is going to be different than my take on it. And, and we can all learn from the different ways people teach stuff 
definitely. It, it helps a whole bunch to see things from multiple perspectives to get multiple people's kind of take on things. But yeah, Jordan, I think I, when it, whenever I'm trying to learn something, like I don't read one person's blog post, right? I read five blog posts about the same topic and they're all slightly different and they cover slightly different things. So, yeah. And the yeah. truth kind of lies in between. I've found like, mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, if you see the multiple ways, like what, what do they all have in common? Okay. So that's the part that's like really solid. And what are they doing differently? Okay. This one blog, maybe they have a specific use case that I don't need. And mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, but Jordan, I kind of, I like to think that everyone can do anything that I've done. It's just I chose to put in the time and to sit down and to, you know, I made that conscious choice knowing that it would have certain rewards and also knowing short term there would be some costs to it. Um, but I feel like I, I don't know if I enjoy thinking that things are like not possible. Like, sure, there's some people that probably wouldn't be able to do it in a reasonable amount of time. But like, I, you know, I don't think that um, what we do is that impossible. Like it definitely there's a lot of background knowledge you need sometimes, but I feel like I know for me, I plugged away for a super long time before I was able to start actually like finishing a blog post or completing a script or module. You know, mm -hmm. it just takes time, I feel, and like exposure. And I feel like most people can do amazing things if they have that. Yeah, it's quite often the first step, isn't it? Like the, the first blog post I wrote, I was like, no one's going to read this. Like, I'm just going to put it out there. It doesn't matter, right? It was partly for me because also me writing the blog post, I got a better understanding of that topic, right? And then it turned out other people found it useful. So it's, you can even just blog and write code and write modules for yourself in kind of a selfish way because I know I'm going to learn from it. And then by sharing it, you potentially help others too. Completely. Uh, definitely. I did that. I've used that kind of mental cheat because we know that like, if you blog about something, it's going to have better returns. You're going to learn it better. You're going to share. There could be opportunities that come from it, whatever. So whatever, you know, positivity you have to cling on to get you through that, which whether that be, I'm just doing this for myself, which I've definitely done that before where it's like, I'm just writing this blog for me. Um, I'm not writing this as like the guide of all guides. No, this is my experience, my perspective, my take on it. And a lot of the times there'll be a comment of someone who ran something and they fixed something for me. I didn't have to do anything. Mm -hmm. I just, yeah. oh, awesome. I didn't think of that use case. Thanks. I didn't know this this path doesn't exist on Mac devices, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. So now you're speaking my language. It goes back to the, can we be lazy? I get the ball rolling and then let other people do it for me. Exactly. Completely. Not, not that uh, I'm putting out the responsibility, but yeah, I, I like that idea a lot. And Link you'll to find it, too that like, I have a blog post with code in and I know I have a blog post with code in. I don't have to rewrite that code when I need it in a year in the future, you know, like there is so many times where I was like, oh, I know I wrote about this. I'll just go grab the code I've already not just written, but like written a blog post about too, you know, I'm probably my blog's biggest visitor. That's actually, uh, there was one time I was struggling with something and I Googled it and I found a video of me talking about the very subject. Yeah, exactly. And I understood exactly where I was coming from. I was very helpful. <laughs> yeah. I hope you uh, liked and subscribed and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I appreciate you spending the time coming out to talk to us. Uh, DBA tools. I I probably should learn some SQL just so I can use it, but I haven't heard anyone say anything, but this is the thing to use if you are into PowerShell and SQL. And if you're not into both, then you should be into both and use DBA tools anyway. Yeah, totally I think agree. it's a beautiful, DBA Tools is a beautiful example of what the community can do when we all work together. It's a huge, amazing module that is super useful uh, from a work context, but I feel like what it represents is just such an amazing thing. You know, all this collaboration, all this mm -hmm. growth, it's super awesome to see from my perspective. Yeah, agreed. Well, I, thanks for thanks for having me. I'm always happy to talk DBA Tools and PowerShell. So. All right, we'll hold so one, one thing, uh, so people want to get started in DBA tools. You, you mentioned a book, DBA tools in a month of lunches. Would that be a great way to get started? Yeah, a hundred percent. So there's plenty of documentation out on blog posts and on the GitHub repository. Uh, but the uh, format of the book is a month of lunches format from Manning. And it, the idea is there is about 28, I think it is, or 29 uh, short chapters that you can do in your lunch lunch break. And a bunch of us got started with PowerShell by using the PowerShell in a month of lunches book uh, a few versions ago when it was Windows PowerShell. Uh, and so we, Chrissy really liked the idea of having that same format for DBA tools. So it will start off, uh, what is DBA tools? How do I get a lab built where I can run this code? And then take you through all of these chapters uh, where you can just learn kind of a little hours, maybe a half hour, hour lesson per day and, and build up with, with it. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to be part of the book. Uh, there's four of us, Chrissy and Rob, 
uh, me and Claudio have written uh, the book and it should be out this June. We're going through like the final copywriting and editing process, which has been has been a wild ride and it's been a lot of fun. So I'm excited for that to get in people's hands. But that will be a really great way uh, if you want a physical book or an ebook that you can work through uh, and build up your knowledge. It's definitely a good tool for that. I'm really excited for what that's going to mean to DBAs because I know that, like you're mentioning, Windows PowerShell in a month of lunches, it meant a lot to a lot of people. It had a huge yeah. impact on a lot of workplaces. And I'm I would, I'm really excited for you and everyone who participated to kind of get to enjoy that with DBA tools in a month of lunches because you guys have clearly had a, a huge reach out to the community so far. But in a book like that, it just feels like it's digestible to a slightly different audience, a more mainstream audience. Yeah, um, yeah, totally. I, and, cool. and it's fun because it's it's been in the MEEP program, like the early access program. So people have been able to buy it ahead of time and get chapters as we've released it. And like the feedback just from those kind of basically PDFs, right, of the chapters that have been released has been so cool. Uh, but there is something about a physical book and so many people are kind of tied to having that book that it's going to be really fun to see that once it starts shipping. Oh, I'm excited. I hope you get to sign a couple. That'd be great. <laughs> we're hoping to all be there is a conference in June called Data Grillin uh, that we're all hoping to be at so we can have all of the authors together. And I, I should suggest that we sign a couple because that would be super cool. Uh, and I mean, I want them to sign mine. So. <laughs> awesome. Th thanks for going by. It was fantastic to talk to, about, talk to you. Uh, we love the community and you're a massive part of it. So this was this was awesome for me to be able to talk to you. This was great. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Again, thanks for inviting me. I've had a had a good time. All right. Uh, if if you like this, uh, it's a podcast, right? Podcast. Please uh, give it five stars on Apple or Spotify wherever you listen. It helps us get ranked up there, so more people can find PowerShell. And if you're listening to this, you want more people to find PowerShell anyway. So uh, do us a favor. If it's not five stars, let us know how we can improve. It's uh, what PowerShell at pdq.com, and that will come to both Andrew and I, and we'll. we'll uh, We'll make the improvements, or if you have questions, we'll try to get those into future podcasts. Right, thanks, everybody. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the PowerShell Podcast with your hosts, Jordan Hammond and Andrew Plaw. My head is about to explode. The PowerShell Podcast is a production of PDQ.com.